And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. We look at where we are moving forward, and there is a legacy um, that President Biden and all of us here um, that we, we have to advance every day in terms of the work that has happened right here in this state. This has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Stu does America. Head to blazetv.com slash stew and help us push back against the rapid, unscheduled disassembly of America. Use the promo code stew to save 10 bucks if you're watching on YouTube. Like the video right now. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. We really appreciate when you do so. Dan Andrus is here to talk about Miller Lite and one of their terrible, terrible advertisements. The long-awaited Durham report is finally available to the public. We'll break it down. But we start by doing Biden's open borders. Yes, this has been kind of a theme over the past week or so as Title 42 went away. And we've all held our breath to see what was going to happen. And we found out over the weekend everything went swimmingly. Uh, you know, of course, a lot of people swam across the border, but that's not what I'm talking about. Let's listen to our president who gave an interview as he was escaping an Alzheimer's home. Things are going at the border, sir. Much better, than, much, much better than you all expected. <laughs> Do you have any plans to visit no, the border? No, I think. Pardon me? Do you have any plans to visit the border? Not in the near term, no. No, it'd just be disruptive, not anything else. I mean, he's right. It wouldn't help. And that's very true. It would be disruptive because, he, you know, he would do say something stupid and it would be pointless. So I don't encourage him to go to the border. He should stay away from the border. But it is uh, it's not been going that well, although you wouldn't notice that from listening to our vapid zilch in heels, Kamala Harris talking about the border and how everything's going. You know, I hear that everything in the last couple of days is going rather smoothly, given what the concerns were. And the bottom line, however, is that the issue of immigration falls squarely within the responsibility of the United States Congress. Mm, That's right. And of course, uh, our good buddy Greek yogurt was on the same exact point all weekend on the big Sunday shows. You know, we've been planning for this transition for months and months, and we've been executing on our plan and we will continue to do so. So it's too early to say whether the surge has peaked. It is, it is too early, but the numbers that we have experienced over the past two days are markedly down over what they were prior to the end of Title 42. You can be critical of this administration, but you should notice, notice at least, I don't know, point out that Mayorkas does have 20 grams of protein per serving. And that's pretty impressive. Um, look, this is the big pitch this weekend. Oh, everything's been going great. It's way down. Everything's awesome. Well, in some ways, that's true. It was at about 11,000 border crossings per day, an all-time record. And now it's down to about 6,000 border crossings per day. And I shouldn't say border crossings. That's not accurate. Those are border apprehensions that do not uh, count people that they know got away and people that they never even saw. So it's much, much higher than that, probably at least double. Uh, but it was down to about 6,000 when uh, when it comes to apples to apples comparison of border apprehensions. Now, that is a drop. But I should remind you that Barack Obama said if a thousand people are apprehended a day, that's a crisis. Six thousand seems like, you know, a decent amount. I will say that uh, we only have about 20,000 border agents. You figure they work in three shifts, about 7,000 per shift, give or take. 
6,000 people crossing in a day is a lot. I mean, you know, that's that's a heck of a lot and it's a huge, huge problem. Um, so why are the numbers down? Well, the numbers aren't down because, you know, people don't want to come to the United States. You know, despite all the fear mongering that our media does about how terrible life is here, a lot of people seem to still want to come. They want to come to America and they like it here and they want to become part of this society. Some of them for well-meaning reasons, some of them for not so well-meaning reasons. Um, you may have heard uh, you know, of crimes being uh, committed by illegal immigrants and of course, we're talking about the drug trade is a big portion of that as well. There's a lot of stuff to talk about on that front. I mean, even you know, illegal weapons, we talk about all the time, the gun problem that we have here in the United States, according to the media. A lot of those weapons are coming in illegally over the border, and no one seems to care about those whatsoever. Why shut down the border when we can blame evil NRA members for every shooting? Um, but why are the numbers down? Well, partially, and this is something we talked about, we should note, before Title 42 went away, we told you that there's a good chance that a lot of people would flood the border right before and that there was actual coordination going forward with the Mexican immigration authorities to make sure that happened. Uh, this is something they, they were caught doing. They were communicating via a, a social media app, an encrypted app, and the American uh, immigration officials, uh, people uh, throughout the Biden administration were communicating with people on the other side of the border in Mexico saying, okay, send over another batch of 200. Okay, we're done with them. Now send over another batch of 200. Not trying to stop this from happening, but actually encouraging it to happen on very uh, repetitive uh, time frames so that they could easily process people on the other side. Now, of course, that does make it look less chaotic, right? If 500 people come over all at once or five groups of 100 come over easily spaced out, yes, it looks a lot less chaotic. But is that helping at all? Is it? I used this example last week, but if you own a, an amusement park and you know a bunch of teenagers are going to come rush the gates at opening at 10 a.m., well, you know, yeah, you can avoid the rush at the gates if you just cut giant holes in the wall and let everyone come through at 6 a.m. or 8 a.m. There's going to be no one at the gates. They're already inside riding the roller coasters. That doesn't solve your problem at all, though. It actually makes your problem worse long term. And that's what we're seeing, of course. Now, the other thing they're doing is encouraging people instead of coming to the border, if they have the money to just fly into these cities and then they don't have to deal with those issues. They can still reject some of the people who are coming across the border uh, because uh, if they didn't check in at another nation on their way. So what they can do is fly directly in and that way they don't have to deal with those problems. Is that helping? I ask you, if you live in Cleveland, Ohio, are you more happy about a person flying in illegally from Mexico City to Cleveland, Ohio, instead of going through the border? Does that make you feel like the problem is solved in any way? Of course not. This isn't a, a way to solve a problem. It's a way of doing PR. It's trying to hide the problem from the American people. Again, though, even their efforts here are pretty pathetic. I mean, we're talking about 6,000 people still coming across the border. That's six times what Obama called a crisis you realize how bad and out of control this situation still is to this day, despite them bragging about it. And that's really the thing that motivated me to talk about this today. We'll get into it here in a second. We should also note, though, that this is not over. This doesn't mean that we, okay, are fine. Everything's going to be fine. It's now down to only 6,000 a day. Border crossings dip, but officials still preparing for a big surge, says the hardcore right-wing outlet of CBS News. Despite the drop in recent days, authorities predict arrests will spike between 12 
and 14,000 a day. That comes from the deputy border patrol chief in a court filing. So it's something you know he really believes. It's not just saying that to a reporter. This is from a court filing. What's important to uh, to see here, of course, is this rise would put us even higher than we were beforehand. And of course, they've already come out and started bragging, so that could wind up biting them, uh, not in a positive way. Now, of course, there's other things they've done to alleviate the stresses at the border. One of these things is called safe street releases. What is a safe street relief? Well, simply put, it, safe really doesn't have anything to do with it. What they do is they take a bunch of illegal immigrants that don't, they don't have housing for, and they just drop them at supermarkets. They drop them at gas stations. They drop them at bus stops. And they, then they're away safely, so I guess that's the safe part. Uh, but the illegal immigrants are still there trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do for the rest of the day. And would you be shocked if crimes were committed, if danger came from some of these people? Not all, of course, but some will resort to crime. And of course, you know, when you're at a supermarket, how many times have you walked out of a supermarket and having people ask you for money? It's really super common. Well, I mean, I can't imagine that's that's going well either. And what they're doing as well is just putting illegal immigrants up in places like hotels. This is happening in New York City, and it's disgraceful what's going on there. New York City has converted hotels to shelters as pressure mounts to accommodate asylum seekers. But it's really less even about and that might you might be think that's offensive, right, that they're just going to import illegal immigrants and then prop them up in hotels around New York City. You might say that that's objectionable. But the other part of the story is actually worse. 20 homeless veterans have been kicked out of their hotels, including the crossroads in Newburgh, to make room for migrants bust from New York City, per a nonprofit that works with the vets. Vets were told their extended stay was no longer an option. So you go, you defend the country, you risk your life, you wind up with potentially a, a substance abuse issue or a mental health problem coming back from war, you wind up becoming homeless. This, finally, somebody does something for you. They put you up in a hotel, and then you get kicked out for an illegal immigrant. That's your country, boys and girls. Sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Now, of course, New York is pathetic here. They, they can't handle this problem. It's been amazing to watch them try to handle this problem. Uh, Eric Adams, if you remember back in 2021, knew about the this, this sanctuary city and sanctuary state laws they seem to have in New York. And back them up. He said, we should protect our immigrants, period. Yes, New York City will remain a sanctuary city under an Adams administration. That's what he said on October 20th, 2021. Of course, he's about to be elected then. So, uh, you know, you can't really hold him to any of those things. And he was obviously lying, right? Probably. Here's what he said on Thursday. The law of sanctuary city was in place long before I became mayor. I am following the law. As a law enforcement person, you know, we follow the law. We are now in court now today asking the judge to revisit this law to deal with this humanitarian crisis, because even when they decided to put a place in put a place in, I think he meant in place that law, no one thought they would be dealing with a humanitarian crisis of this proportion. Well, we thought it we thought it could happen. Conservatives were saying it because we are dealing with it every single day on the border. We have states that are constantly dealing with this type of uh, influx. And you guys laughed us off and said we were racists. So now those people are going to New York City. And by the way, more should go. I, I said the other day, I think they should all go to Philadelphia for a while. Why? Because the Philadelphia mayor said, hey, we can take more. Well, then absolutely, we should be loading up buses. And if, if there's a city out there that wants to take in tens of thousands of illegal immigrants, we should be shipping them there. And that makes everybody happy. It's a win, win, win. Yes, we're happy that they're no longer in Texas and they're no longer a burden to the people and, and taxpayers of Texas. And Philadelphia says they want them. 
So there you go. They'll do better there. We'll do better here. Everybody's happy. Buses are coming, Philly. Buses are coming, New York. Now, I will say, to Eric Adams' credit, he's admitted that he can't handle this. And of course, it's true. He can't handle this at all. What that means for border towns with far fewer resources is kind of shocking, right? But he's saying uh, that he will uh, take some of these people in. Uh, But in Philly, they're going to take a bunch of them. So we'll see how that goes. I guess they're just going to keep kicking out homeless veterans until they uh, have all those hotels filled. So that's that's a positive solution to that problem. This whole thing, though, goes back to the Biden point, which is really, really frustrating. Biden, over and over again, does something terrible, something that we haven't seen in decades or maybe ever. A terrible, terrible, terrible new low, a new record, a new terrible, terrible, terrible catastrophe in motion right in front of your eyes. And then people freak out about it. They say, this is really, really terrible. And then usually just naturally, these numbers will come down a little bit and you can bet those Biden administration officials will be on television bragging to you about the drop, the drop from their own catastrophic levels. Uh, This happens, of course, with the border. You have 11,000 per day. We have the highest numbers we've ever seen in the history of this country. People crossing the border, a slight drop off, and they're bragging about it. Just two days in, they're on television bragging about what a great job they've done because we only have the second worst of all time. When you go from the worst of all time to the second worst of all time, it's not really anything to brag about now, is it? It's not really that impressive. Now, maybe if you're comparing yourself to a previous president and you're saying, okay, well, we're slightly down off their levels. But since we've been in, it's been down at least. No, no. All of these things we're talking about are up since Joe Biden took over. They're all worse than when he became president of the United States. And that's why the new Joe Biden 2024 campaign slogan should be this. Joe Biden slightly better than the worst of all time. Now, parenthetically, I will tell you, he's always the worst of all time, too. So it's not an improvement over Trump, which, of course, they would all call him the worst of all time. No, I'm saying it's an improvement over his own terrible levels from 11,000 a day down to six or seven thousand a day. Wow. What an improvement. How about gas prices? Gas prices go up to five dollars a gallon levels we never thought we would ever see. And then they back off to 420 a gallon. He's on television bragging about it. Slightly better than the worst of all time, of course. We should note, we were also the worst of all time. How about food prices? Inflation. Inflation goes up to 7, 8, 9%. We haven't seen these levels in 40 years. And then they come down to 5%. And who's on television bragging about that? Joe Biden, Corinne Jean-Pierre, Kamala Harris. Slightly better than the worst of all time, but the Bidens were still the worst of all time. So a slight improvement off of your worst isn't necessarily something to write home about. The deficit, the debt, is another big example of this. Biden has been called a liar so many times, even by mainstream sources, on his his, uh, lie about reducing the deficit by more than anyone ever. But again, those deficits were in place when he came into office. He was the one spending trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. And then he's slightly better than those terrible, terrible COVID, deep COVID years when people weren't even going to work, when we were printing money and paying almost everyone in the entire country. It's slightly better than that, but it's much worse than was projected even when we knew about COVID. And of course, it's just slightly better than the worst of all time. And of course, the Bidens were the worst of all time. That's how you know they're running for president. We need to brag about something like that. I mean, crime's the same situation. We had this massive influx in crime and you see it back off just a little bit and they come out bragging about it. You can't brag about being 
the, 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 the second worst of all time when you're responsible for also being the worst of all time. None of this makes any sense. And over and over and over again, it happens. And over and over and over again, the media, I would like to say, falls for it. But they're not falling for it. They're part of it. They're part of the same narrative-shaping ideas to try to make you think things aren't what they... What, they're trying to make you not believe your lying eyes. Is that going to work on you? We're going to see in about 18 months if the American people fall for this crap. They very well might. And a lot of people come to me and they say, oh, well, Joe Biden's so bad, there's no way he can win. Don't... Do not... Do not second guess. Think of everything. Yes, Biden isn't that bad. Of course, you're right. But think about everything that is associated with him, that backs him up, that is the foundation for the Democratic movement. It's not Joe Biden. It's got nothing to do with Joe Biden, really. It's about the media. It's about uh, NGOs. It's about these secondary organizations constantly there to supply every benefit of the doubt to make you believe what you're seeing out there isn't reality. That maybe Joe Biden isn't really the president. Maybe he's not really screwing things up. Maybe Afghanistan's in better shape than it was. None of this is true, but they're depending on you falling for it anyway. President Trump recently issued a warning from his Mar-a-Lago home. He said, our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat in, frankly, 200 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are reasons the central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar inflation deficit spending, our insurmountable national debt. We just went over a bunch of these problems that Biden's trying to cover up. And the fact is, there's not one really solution to this. You have to make sure you understand what's coming. Try to prepare for as many things as possible. One great way to prepare for the financial stuff coming forward is gold. And you can own it now in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of your pocket. Just text STU to the number 989898 for your free info kit today. They'll hold your hand through the entire process. Currencies may fail. Gold is a safe haven and has been for a very long time. You got to do your own homework here. Understand uh, what you're uh, look, what you're looking at and what we're looking at in our financial future, and then you can protect your savings with gold. Birch Gold has an A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of happy customers. Just text Stu to the number nine eight nine eight nine eight. Get your free info kit on gold. Again, text S T U to the number nine eight nine eight nine eight. It's Birch Gold. A relatively new Miller Lite ad has come out, or at least, I guess, been unearthed. It's been going viral here over the past day or so. We'll get into that here in a second, at least the reason why we're seeing it again. But it is a, an ad that came out, I guess, in March. And so this is before the Dylan Mulvaney thing with Bud Light. Now, Miller Lite, of course, gets this incredible gift from Bud Light when they do the Dylan Mulvaney thing, and now no one wants to drink Bud Light, so a lot of people have slid over to something like Miller Light or Coors Light. Well, they, get, they got the benefit of this for a couple of weeks. Then people looked back and unearthed this commercial. This is from March, talking about how important women are to beer or something. Here's a little known fact. Women were among the very first to brew beer ever. From Mesopotamia to the Middle Ages to colonial America, women were the ones doing the brewing. Centuries later, how did the industry pay homage to the founding mothers of beer? They put us in bikinis. Wow. Look at this shit. Wild. It's time beer made it up to women. 
So today, Miller Lite is on a mission to clean up not just their shit, but the whole beer industry's shit. Miller Lite has been scouring the internet for all this shit and buying it back so that they can turn it into good shit for women brewers. Literally, good shit. How, you ask? Ladies, take it away. First, we turn the bad shit into compost. Then we feed compost to worms. Push out beautiful fertilizer. That good shit helps farmers grow quality hops. Which is then donated to women brewers to make their own really good shit. But there's definitely more shit out there. In your attic, in the garage, in your parents' basement. Send any shit you got into Miller Lite and they'll turn that into good shit too. Oh. So here's to women. Because without us, there would be no beer. Uh... That is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my entire life, and there's so much to go through. Let's bring in Dan Andros, managing editor for FaithWire.com, host of the Quick Start podcast, which you can subscribe to right now, wherever you get your podcast. Dan, how's it going? That's going great. <laughs> I hope you're inspired by the fact that women apparently brought oh. us beer, uh, and uh, are, in, are it's bad for them to be in bikinis. I haven't had a, a drink of alcohol, as you know, Stu, in uh, probably about, I think, 12, 13 years now. And this is making it tempting. I mean, <laughs> wow, these amazing women brewers. Who knew? And who knew all the women of America right now are currently out in fields? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Working hard and, and tilling the land and brewing and brewing beer for all of the men to drink. And <laughs> I'm just shocked. Look, and then the whole bikini thing. Mm. Definitely no women around now on Instagram or in Hollywood. <laughs> Definitely no women out there parading themselves around in that degrading way or on OnlyFans, eight million of them, bazillion of them, however many there are. I mean, what planet are they on on this thing? It's like they just want to create an alternate universe, it would seem. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, men like women. Uh, men like women in bikinis. Uh, it's very well known. This has been known for a long time. Uh, science. There's this whole thing. Yeah, science. It, it, you know, sex sells has been something that people know. Whether you yeah. like it or not, it's kind of a right. known quantity. And in fact, right. the same people who would be doing a campaign like this are the same people who would tell you it's empowering for a woman to have an OnlyFans account. Right? Like, it's empowering for you to pose this way on Instagram. It's right. empowering to do all this, to use your, your assets, uh, to attract whoever you want. And yet, when it's about beer, we're supposed to have the exact... I can't even keep track of this crap, Dan. No. It, I, the, the progressive, sort of secular, this I woke, for lack of a better term, mindset is such a insane intersection of nonsense that you, it's impossible to keep track of. I liken it to... Years ago, I was in Haiti, and I remember they didn't really have streetlights at that time. And Port-au-Prince, not a lot of them. And all the cars would just come up to an intersection, and it would be just complete insanity. Well, that's sort of like <laughs> what the progressive view is. It's like they've got all these views, and they just come to an intersection, and no one knows what to do. They all just ram into each other and just <laughs> stand there and look at each other like, I don't know. You go, maybe. I don't know. Maybe my turn. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Wild. It's funny to watch, you know, the 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 tone of this commercial. Where the, one of the parts that jumped out to me, and I don't know, this isn't maybe what everyone found here, but there's so many things to pull out of this ad. Yeah. Um, was when they said, uh, you know, what do they do to pay back women? Well, they put them in bikinis. It's like, what are you talking about? No one put them in bikinis. Women 
tried out to be in this ad. They sent their headshots. They sent pictures of themselves in bikinis to the people making the ad to try to get a, a national ad campaign. And I'd imagine that a lot of them were proud that they did this. A lot of this, I think, comes back to the fact that, like, we don't look at people as individuals. Women were put in bikinis. What does that even mean? No, these individual yeah. women made individual choices about what they wanted to do with their likeness and their lives. You can criticize those decisions as you can criticize right. the, ad, the ad executive's decisions. But, like, let's not act as if women have no agency here. They, they wanted to be in these ads. I don't know what you're talking about, Stu. There's a farm down the road here, and in one of the um, big barns there, they just have a bunch of women just there all in stalls and they just take them out when they want to put them in bikinis really and then make put them in ads yeah and then they put them back into the into the barn there where they hold them it's just barns filled with women <laughs> flocks and herds of women I, yeah i don't know I, again like these it's this progressive idea of the world of you mentioned the oppressor mentality someone's always being oppressed they put you in there and they it, it, no how many people how many women have been excited to be this the swimsuit cover model it's like this big honor that they get they get millions of dollars for this this is this is almost like colin kaepernick saying you know likening the nfl combine combine to you know slavery right like, like oh wow they just they shuffle them through and look at their talent yeah because they're about to pay them tens of millions of dollars like this is not slavery yeah it's it's i mean honestly at the exact same time this ad is coming out the uh, this uh, swimsuit issue has been over on the you know uh, in news coverage over the past few weeks, and like every woman who's in it is praised as like this amazing powerful woman who has all of this you know uh, she's she's got all this chutzpah to get out in front of the camera and look at how you go girl and then like when women are in beer ads all of a sudden it's bad it makes absolutely uh, no sense. Uh, yeah. A couple more things on this real quick before we move on. Number okay. one is just fascinating to me. I mean, is Miller Lite? literally going on eBay and buying up old cardboard cutups out of, of bikini models. And I mean, are they really doing this? I have that question because if it is, it's the literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. What a waste of resources if they're actually doing this, number one. Right. And number two, uh, Sarah Gonzalez has this theory and I think it's brilliant. Why is this ad going viral right now? Maybe a conservative remembered it or unearthed it and had it go viral. Her theory, and I think it's brilliant, is it's freaking Bud Light. Bud Light yeah. realized yeah. this ad was out there and they've made it go viral. And I just choose to believe this conspiracy theory wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah they went in there and they said, look, if we're going down, we're taking them all with us. <laughs> Dig it up, guys. Get on the Internet. Find me something. Yeah, and I some intern somewhere was like, I got it. I got it. Yeah. And, and it, uh, you leak yeah, it out there, let it go theory. viral. And now we're Absolutely. talking about Miller Lite instead of Bud Light. I mean, it's brilliant. If that's yeah. I, it almost makes me like Bud Light again, if that's what they actually yeah. did. It's such and, a good strategy. And to your point, I mean, I don't think that Miller is actually going around to all of the RVs in the desert and getting Uncle Rico's old poster <laughs> boards uh, out of the RV. I just don't think that's happening. I can't imagine. fake news. Can you imagine? Like they're getting a cardboard, a full size cardboard cutout of Ooh, a woman has, and they're just what? They're composting it? Like what a weird thing to do. And listen, 
If you are the type of person that still has one of those things, whoever had one, you're not giving it up. No, that guy is not giving it up. I don't know who that is, but if you're that big of a loser where you still, you know, you're 50 years old and you got cardboard cutouts of bikini babes, you're not the type of guy that's no. going to be like, yep, I'm taking that into compost it. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You know, it's funny, though, Dan, if you listen to the wording of that, they say, like, if you've got something like this and you want to send it in or it's in your parents' basement, like they're telling basically kids, woke kids to steal their dad's cardboard cuts <laughs> of bikini models to make mulch. I, like, what? This is the no single one- dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, I mean, we're in the digital era. No one's got the cardboard cutouts, okay? <laughs> There's plenty on the internet. You can find as many women as you want on the internet. They're available. <laughs> by the way, again, most cases, by their own choice. Uh, bad choices, right. but they're there, uh, I assure you. Okay, uh, <laughs> Bad choice. <laughs> bad choice. Make that clear. Bad choice, but they're there. Okay, um, let's go to the... Uh, by the way, you mentioned Colin Kaepernick uh, saying yeah. um, you know, sports were slavery. You left out Jalen uh, Brown, who's also said that in the past. Of course, you can't be mad at him. I will hear no, no Jalen Brown slander on this program today. <laughs> you can't be mad at him because your Celtics beat the 76ers and are moving yes. on to the Eastern Conference Finals. I have a pretty nice path here going against the Miami Heat. I know you're a huge Celtics fan. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, I feel good. I feel good. I really didn't know if we were going to get 0 for 11 Tatum but or 50-point Tatum. We got 50-point Tatum, and it was phenomenal. And uh, being here in Philadelphia, where I, when I drive around, I listen to the talk radio and sports radio here in Philadelphia, and they're insufferable because I don't like any of the Philadelphia sports team. I don't know why I do it to myself. I don't but know either. I, well, I like sports radio. So anyway, I'm listening and it's insufferable, but this is when Philadelphia sports radio is the best when they have a decent team and they go down in a <laughs> blazing inferno in humiliating fashion. And they just complain about it. I mean, they're all ready to trade and bead, get them out of here, start it all over fire. Doc. I mean, it's just, it's uh, it's quality entertainment. It is amazing too. I mean, I, you know, just watching that team. I'm not a sick. I'm an Eagles fan. I'm not a Sixers fan. You know, right. I don't. I don't hate Never the Sixers that. like you do, uh, but I, you know, I don't have any passion for them. But it's like. They're like, well, the, you know, we try all these things. We can never get over the hump. It's like if you – they had had three massive misses that I can think of off the top of their of my head. They signed Ben Simmons to a massive contract, and then he can't even play basketball anymore. Yep. You, and we got Jalen Brown because of that, by the way. Celtics. Another Thank you. Thank part you, of that. Number yeah. two, you, uh, to, you give a Tobias Harris a ton of money, and he does almost nothing for you after a couple of years. And number three, you draft number one overall, Markel Fultz, who then just goes to the, the Orlando Magic. You get basically nothing for him. He's a pretty good player there. You miss those on three decisions like that, you're not going to get out of the second round of the playoffs. Oh. It would be a miracle that they're playing this well. Stu. Do not forget the second part of the Markel Fultz thing. First of all, the Celtics traded. They had the number one pick. They traded it down with the Sixers and let them take Markel Fultz. And who did they take with number three? Jason Tatum, Mm. who torched them for 51 points on Sunday. It was glorious. Oh, man. Philly sports radio right now. It's got to (laughs) be... I know we need to distract them. We need to send them 10,000 more illegal immigrants immediately so they yeah, can be distracted yeah, yeah. away from this loss. Hopefully the Eagles will come back and turn the city around here in just a few months. Uh, I mean, they lost the Super Bowl last year, but hopefully that won't happen again. Uh, LeBron's Dan- still alive, though. 
Still, I'm surprised you didn't mention anything about that. I'm not surprised I didn't mention anything about that, but we are unfortunately out of time. <laughs> no, that, that is honestly like, you know, I root a little bit for the Celtics for your on your behalf, just because, you know, yeah, I mean, right. you're, you know, we're friends and I'd like to see you happy. But honestly, like my only the only reason I'm watching the NBA at this point is to watch LeBron lose. And if they don't lose, it's going to be incredibly frustrating. We got about 30 seconds yeah. left. You want to go off on LeBron for a minute? Um, yes, I, I mean, LeBron's last championship was in the bubble, right? Mm -hmm. And there are literally, (laughs) everyone's like, oh, it wasn't a fluke. They're the only players left from the LeBron bubble championship, the, the, the Mickey Mouse championship are LeBron James and Anthony Davis. None of the other players are the same. Incredible. And, and it's just, he's, I, I don't think I'll be able to deal with the narrative if it happens. I and um, I will probably have a heart attack and die if if this if he have, they have a long series against Boston in the finals somehow. So not excited about that. I think the Nuggets take him out here. I think the Nuggets take him out. I think this is the end of it. I'm hoping for that, hoping and praying. Maybe it's just me, but I am hoping for that. Dan Andrus, managing editor for FaithWire.com. Uh, be sure to check out the Quick Start podcast. I'm sure most of it was Celtics talk this morning. You can uh, check that out, of course, wherever you get your podcast. Dan, thanks for coming on the program. All right. Thanks for having me. You know, sometimes I think of one of the worst things that could possibly happen, you know, a global catastrophe, uh, you know, a comet smacking into the earth. There's that. But then the number one thing, of course, would be somehow the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl. That would be even worse than LeBron winning a championship. I couldn't deal with that. I think if that happened, I would have to move. I could not deal with that on a day-to-day basis. And if I, if that does come to pass, Comet or the Cowboys, Comet's more likely, obviously, than the Cowboys winning a Super Bowl. But you know what I'm saying. If that happens, i got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com because I'll be moving somewhere in the middle of nowhere where I won't know anyone. And I'll need to go there and hide forevermore. I'll need the best real estate agent in that area. And that's where you get them. Realestateagentsitrust.com, the best agent in your area. This is a company started by Glenn many years ago to solve this problem for people because people don't know how to pick a real estate agent. Well, they do at realestateagentsitrust.com. So go there and get hooked up with the best agent in the area. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. So the uh, right as we're getting prepared for a series of tapings here at Blaze TV today, what comes out? The Durham Report with no warning whatsoever. Thanks a lot, Durham Report. Appreciate this uh, delivery time right on time in time for the 2020 election uh, or maybe a little bit after that. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, uh, the Durham Report came out and you know it's over 300 pages as we were going into tapings. I haven't had a chance to go through all the minute details, but you know, I've done a decent amount of reading on it. There's a couple things that you could take away from this. Number one, uh, you know, a lot of this corruption stuff that we've been talking about for years was true. I mean, the Durham report basically says the FBI did a lot of wrong, uh, incorrect things as the, in their handling of this, and it seemed to be motivated by politics. That was the outcome there. There were no big prosecutions. There's no big arrests coming, as far as we know, from this. Uh, but some of these processes have changed within the FBI, they claim. But there's all sorts of corruption here. And I don't know. Is it savable? As someone who I think on the conservative side, we've generally been pro-law enforcement. We've tried to give them the benefit of the doubt in a lot of these situations. But a lot of that has fallen apart over the past few years. And President Trump complained uh, loudly about a lot of these things when they were going on. And frankly, uh, a lot of them have been shown to have come true. And uh, that is uh, disturbing for our country. And it's, uh, it's unclear what it means going forward. But we'll go through the details of this and kind of give you an update. It does appear, though, that 
officials like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama knew that a lot of this stuff was going on before the election took place in 2016. So a lot of a lot to uncover there. We'll get into it more tomorrow. I want to tell you about a new product coming from Jace Medical, the same company that brings you the Jace case. It's called Jace Daily, and it's a prescription supply service that allows you to get up to a 12-month backup supply of your prescription medication in case of emergency. This will cover a whole bunch of medications, things uh, for stuff like cholesterol, diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, mental health, and more. It's absolutely the ultimate must-buy in family preparedness. Uh, your order is reviewed by a certified healthcare professional and delivered right to your door. I recently, recently spoke to Sean Rowland. He uh, founded Jace Medical. And he explained that being prepared medically is much more than having access to antibiotics, especially when you learn that all of your medications are produced overseas. He said, the peace of mind gained by having this kind of long-term supply of your vital medications cannot be overstated. Of course, that's true. For your sake and your family's sake, you need to be prepared. Go to jacemedical.com, enter the code STU at checkout for a discount on your order. The promo code is STU at jasemedical.com. Jace Daily from Jace Medical. It's jacemedical.com. The promo code is STU. Well, if you're looking for something to watch with your kids or maybe just let them alone, if, you know, if they take a break from five or six hours of TikTok a day and they want to watch some TV, uh, you might want to get them right over to something called Transformer Earth Spark. It's a new TV series, and they've got a fantastic new episode out about all their non-binary characters. Watch. My pronouns are they, them. Thanks. I'm Sam. I'm she, they, but you already know that. <laughs> Wow, what an amazing city. I'm sorry for how I reacted. It's just, sometimes the world can be a scary place. It's hard to know who is dangerous or not. Hmm, that's true, though disappointing. Hey, it's okay. I know I'm safe when I'm with my friends or other non-binary people. Non-binary? People who aren't female or male. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have assumed. I always knew my pronouns felt right, but... What a wonderful word for a wonderful experience. Holy crap, does that look stupid. I mean, how stupid are we? Elon Musk responded to this video. I mean, he said computers are literally binary, LOL, which I mean is, is very, very true. I will say if you're going to form, I mean, let me start here. What a terrible just dialogue. Like that is nothing but messaging. That's not even moving the story in any direction, right? Like it's just a bunch of like, here's a bunch of catchphrases about non-binary people. I will say if you're going to force non-binary people uh, and this sort of craziness into children's programming, Transformers might be the place to do it. Because here's the thing, cars can't turn into robots either. So you might as well push it into this crap because this is, they're used to watching things turn into other things that can't actually happen in real life. So maybe these kids are the ones that are prepared for these conversations.
absolutely unbelievable. Uh, available now, wherever you uh, watch your Transformers. Um, by the way, there's also more you can do with the world of entertainment. That's right. If you happen to have some virtual reality uh, technology nearby, you can too, you too can jump in and face the triumphs and discrimination of a Negro League era baseball player. And you can deal with xenophobia as a Muslim on a plane. That's right. Do you want to play a video game in which people yell racist slurs at you so you can feel what it's like? I know I do. That sounds like a great way to spend my time. As if you don't understand that it's bad. See, racism, we used to think was bad. We wanted to eliminate it from society. Now we're going to do virtual reality so we can experience it. I don't understand this, of course, because what I'm told is every time anyone of color walks outside, this is all they have to deal with. It's a constant racial slurs from left and right and left and right all the time. No, no, we need to create a computer program to teach you what it was like to be a Negro League player. Okay, uh, good, good job, everybody. You're, you're really uh, doing, uh, I mean, like this goes so far and it goes so fast and it's all so stupid. Let me give you an example. This is the Irish Times. The Irish Times had to retract a story. Why? Well, the story criticized Irish women for using fake tans because, well, they had to retract it because it was fake. Uh, now, <laughs> somebody apparently went on ChatGPT and formed a letter, uh, for, uh, wrote an article with ChatGPT's assistance that basically said, hey, uh, white women in Ireland are using fake tans and that's, uh, you know, they're, they're mocking people's dark skin and it's not woke and it's problematic. Um, and it had an email address associated in some basic social media. But it was, I mean, <laughs> the best part about this is the author, it was Adriana Acosta Cortez. I mean, <laughs> how did they fall for this? Um, they said it was a 29-year-old Ecuador, Ecuadorian health worker from the Dublin area. Era. They printed this story almost immediately with, with wonderful logic like, fake tan represents more than innocuous cosmetic choice. It raises questions of cultural appropriation and fetishization of the high melanin content found in more pigmented people. They're like, oh, God, rush that to the presses. That sounds like a great article. Well, they had to retract this one. But what about all the other ones from real people making points that are even dumber than this? Those apparently still being printed. Okay, so here's what happened. Guy in Minnesota decided he wanted to solve global warming. Well, that's not really why he did it, but... You know, we have this problem with global warming and all these fossil fuels and they're evil. So he decided to make a new motorcycle, except it's fueled on beer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota man invents beer-powered motorcycle. It will, they think, maybe go uh, 150 miles an hour. Here's some footage of it. Fire in three, two, one. And when it goes out the nozzles in the back, the beer turns into superheated steam which provides enough thrust to move the bike forward. So basically, it's a, it's a pretty cool steam engine. I will say, a lot of people right now have cases and cases of Bud Light and Miller Light sitting around their house that they don't want to drink anymore. What better way to get rid of it all than putting it in a motorcycle and going 150 miles an hour. I can't think of anything. All right, uh, blazetv.com slash stew is the place to go. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. And follow us on YouTube. Follow the show. Uh, here's some comments uh, from the last couple of days. I'm going to call Mayorkas Greek yogurt from now on. Doesn't it sound like a Greek yogurt? I mean, it does. Every time I hear it, that's all I think about. Uh, Sarah Gonzalez is as smart as she is beautiful. And Stu is too. Unfortunately for Stu, 
I mean, that, that's just mean. That's just mean, Stephen. I mean, come on. Veep Thoughts uh, keeps me sane. Thanks, Stu. Yeah, veepthoughts.com. By the way, I think we're up to number 60 today. 60 Veep Thoughts. That will turn your brain into absolute mush in just moments. Algorithmic engagement comment. I don't love the city of brotherly love, but I love this Stu Kid Show. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, join us at stewdoesmerch.com, blazetv.com slash stew, stewdoesamerica.com. Uh, type stew into the internet. You'll probably find me. We'll see you tomorrow.